Hello everyone and welcome to Socially Kaya, a podcast featuring successful young entrepreneurs, small businesses, and people making a difference in their community. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I have a great show planned for you and I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. But first, I'm going to get started with our featured app of the week. This week's app of the week is Google Analytics. Although most of you probably know what Google Analytics is, it is probably one of the more underrated programs out there right now. For those of you who don't know what Google Analytics is or aren't using it, Google Analytics allows you to analyze data from all touch points in one place for a deeper understanding of your customer experience. You can build a complete picture, get insights only Google can give you, connect your insights to results, and make your data work for you. Google Analytics is a web-based program, but you can also access your data on iOS and Android. Visit sociallykaya.ca and right on the homepage, we'll have a link for you to download it to both devices or to visit it from a desktop. Now that you've had a chance to check out this week's app of the week, let's check out our interview. So my guest today is Brian Siddle. He is one of the four managing partners at Strong Coffee Marketing, which is a digital marketing agency in Edmonton. Aside from being the agency's director of community and content, Brian is also an educator and speaker. He is heavily involved with the Business Link here in the city, where he facilitates workshops for startups to learn how to use social media to reach their customers. Brian recently presented at Social Media Breakfast Red Deer on Facebook Basics and will be speaking at the upcoming iMedia conference in March. So welcome, Brian, and thanks Hi, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Cool. So I'm super excited to have you here. So let's get started with some of these questions. Sure. So how do, how do we start with, how did you get started in this industry and how long have you been in it? Mm, I would say I started, um, I originally worked in the golf business and in about 2004, for 2003, 2004, I started a golf website because I wanted to learn a little bit more about web. Yeah. And myself and Duncan, one of the other partners here actually, um, and that kind of started to take off. So I learned a lot about blogging, a lot about uh, front page and then WordPress development. Uh, not so much social because social hadn't really been a thing yet. Um, and that's kind of how I got started and then eventually used some of that to get into working at Travel Alberta on their digital team yeah. and social media side and then from there um, started Strong Coffee. So probably all in all kind of from 2004-ish to now I would say on the digital side. Cool. So what does a director of community and content do? Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of different things. I think um, I kind of have two roles because I have the the did the director of community and content, so helping on the content side and the social side, but also obviously being a partner at Strong Coffee, there's a lot of business stuff that we have to do that has nothing to do with uh, content and community. Yeah. So on the content and community side, um, we develop content strategies, social media strategies for clients, develop content for them. We do a lot of... Um, uh, we do some social, doing full out social for, for clients, a lot of um, kind of assisting them and guiding them, and then a lot of speaking and workshops on mainly on social, uh, a little bit on content and strategy too. So it's a full plate of stuff. Cool. What advice do you have for someone who may be looking to get into this industry? Funny you should ask that because I had an email from a student <laughs> just the other day asking the exact thing. Um, I would say... Um, 
you know, what you learn in school, whether it's you're on the marketing side, communications, PR, that's all stuff that you're going to use to make your foundation. But a lot of what we do, honestly, is still self-taught. You still have to do it. And we get a lot of resumes from people that'll have some decent school experience, but until they've really done it, they don't really know what it's like. You might do, you might be on Instagram for yourself, but Instagram for a business where you actually have to have, you know, what did we do and why did we do it and that kind of thing, a little bit different. So I would say um, uh, schooling is is obviously important to just get a general sense of you know what you're wanting to do, right. but then really sitting down and learning how to do it, um, make some fake profiles, something like that. Try yeah. it out, right? Um, that would be the the biggest thing, and that's what I told the person that emailed me the other day too. Um, and I think a lot of people think that they need to be in marketing. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, I'd probably hire somebody in communications or PR over a marketing person for social and content because right. I think they might have the ability to tell a little bit of a better story and. Um, uh, you know, marketing is part of what we do on social, but it's kind of more of a long tail approach. And I think a true marketer might look at social and go, well, I want to push, I want to push, I want to push. And that's not really what it's about. So. Right. So the hands-on experience. That's a big one. Yeah. The biggest? Yeah. Perfect. What inspires you when it comes to social media? Um, I like that it always changes. Yeah. I like that, um, and this is going back even to my blogging days, um, actually knowing that somebody reads your th- stuff or like pays attention to it and it's neat how you can shape people's opinions and ideas based on what you're posting so that's always been kind of interesting to me um but on the social side it's i mean i like that it's fast pace i like that um there's something always going on i like that there's always kind of new ways new things to try and that's always interesting too so so strong coffee works with a lot of different businesses Mm -hmm. and and lots of different clients what social media platforms do you believe are most important for businesses Hmm. depends on what the business is but i would say um for a lot of the clients we work with, yeah. we do a lot of tourism work. Facebook is a big one. Facebook, part of it because the audience is so broad, but also there's so many different things you can do on Facebook with, you know, video, images, written, contesting, now live video. There's a million things you can do. Um, Instagram's a big one. Twitter. Um, we do some economic development work where LinkedIn is, plays a part. And truthfully, I think LinkedIn is very underused by a lot of people. Um, and then you get into some of the, I guess you'd call them emerging, although they're being around a while, something like Snapchat. Um, that's a that's a big one for the right audience. Right. That's who you're going after. And then kind of the forgotten one in terms of social, people think of it more of as, as a website is YouTube. I mean, right. YouTube is gigantic. Yeah. But again, that's coming down to to building video content and a lot of people we talk to maybe initially are kind of like eh, video is not my thing I get nervous with video yeah. and, and now that you can do live video on all these other platforms it's a little bit different so, so maybe eliminate YouTube a little bit yeah eh? yeah and I would say and then too I look at social not just as those platforms but like blogging and yeah. creating content and then review websites so because we do a lot of tourism work um, TripAdvisor um, Yelp, yeah. uh, those kind of things. That's still social. It's yeah. not the traditional social, but you know, if you talk about the point closest to somebody making a buying decision, I would argue that review websites are kind of like right at the tipping point of should I do this or not. Exactly. So that's a place that I think a lot of people kind of they don't think of it as social. Well, it is social. Yeah. You're still talking to people. And a lot of those sites have like a social aspect mm-hmm. to them. Like mm-hmm. people wouldn't believe that Yelp has a social aspect. Yeah, and like people sharing their ideas and thoughts. So Yeah. 
Cool. So how do you use content to build and foster a community? Um, I think it comes down to understanding the audience and building content that they're interested in. Um, and that's, I mean, if, if you went to a website all the time and the content that was there, you didn't like it or it didn't resonate with you, you're not going to come back. So there's no forming a community around people that don't care about what you're doing. So um, creating good, relevant, useful information and then, you know, letting people, you know, having a place where people can discuss it or share their ideas and that kind of thing. That's kind of the initial point in understanding the audience is really where it starts and finishes. So Perfect. So you mentioned that you are, you and Duncan were two of the people uh-huh. behind starting Starbucks. Yeah. Um, but there are two other ones, Trevor and Brian. Oh, there are? Oh, no, the other Brian. <laughs> um, so how did Strong Coffee get its start? What made the four of you decide to work together? Um, well, Duncan and I knew each other for a while from, from our, our website days. Yeah. Um, it was kind of out of necessity. There was a time where... Um, we faced a situation at our old positions where they wanted us to move and we didn't want to move. Yeah. So it was kind of like, well, we're not going to be here much longer anyways. So we might as well do something about it. Right. So instead of going and finding positions elsewhere, we said, what if we just did this by ourselves? Yeah. So that was myself, Trevor and Brian. And then I knew Duncan from elsewhere and pulled Duncan in as the fourth and away we went. So um, it was a slow rise. I mean, you have times where there was just a couple of us full time and slowly working into more. And then, um, eventually all of us and now staff but um, working from home for a long time too so it was kind of a slow grind to get here so how many people currently work at strong coffee i don't know i should look outside. <laughs> uh, uh, i believe we have 10 right now 10, ten um and then we will uh ramp up you know we have some summer students yeah. that will come in from may to august ish yeah. um then we work with contractors as well so we'll have a little roster of them that we use from time to you're you're included in that um and so but we we have about 10 full to, kind of full-time in, in in office yeah which is probably a lot more than, than you bargain for at this point yeah we had, i mean you're in our new office this is our yeah. third office in three and a half years yeah. i think so second one happened. yeah second one you've been in um so yeah it, it um i wouldn't say we're exploding in growth but we're i feel we're growing in the right way and picking up people as we need them kind of thing. So. Perfect. So you mentioned that you work with a lot of tourism mm-hmm. um, companies, which do a lot of really cool things. But what are some of your favorite projects you've worked on, either here in the agency or maybe as an individual? Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I still think our golf website's one of the big ones for me. Yeah. That's where we got our start, and that's where like, we didn't know a whole lot of stuff. So I remember you know, writing for days and days and days and looking at my analytics and there was no one coming. Then to see the first few people come to your website is like, oh, wow. And then all of a sudden it's people from around the world. And then you get emails from around the world asking your opinion on things. And it it really takes off. That's one of the ones that really opened my eyes to what all this digital stuff is all about. Um, Internally here, we do a lot of pretty neat projects. I don't know if I can pick one out specifically. (laughs) We're doing some stuff with... um, Augmented reality, yeah. VR, um, 360 video, that's kind of cool, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's always interesting. Um, but, I, you know, I like creating content. So, you know, whether it's written or video, photos, uh, yeah, it's lots of different things on the go. Cool. How did you become involved with Business Link and what do you enjoy most about being a part of it? Yeah, uh, Business Link uh, kind of came about. Uh, a, a while ago, a number of years ago, um, they do webinars and they do ask the expert. They're volunteer things where you can come in and help out. And um, 
you know, our original office way back in the early days of Strong Coffee outside of working from home, we would meet one day a week at Business Link in one of their boardrooms. So I had a little bit of a connection there. Um, and there was just an opportunity to kind of give back and help out. Yep. And um, uh, so I was happy, I'm happy to do it. And, um, and yeah, we, we still continue to work with them. And, uh, um, you know, I've done some more, more recently, not so much webinars, but the Ask the Expert program where you actually go and sit in their office for an afternoon and they schedule when people can come in and meet with you. And then they sit down with you like in person and ask you questions about stuff and you can help them out. So it's neat. Then you fo I follow some of the people that I've talked to along the way. Uh, on their websites or channels now and I see that they're actually doing stuff and it's pretty cool so that's cool are there other ways you get involved in the community or is that kind of your main one that's one of the big ones I mean I do a lot of speaking yeah. um, sometimes it's paid speaking sometimes it's free uh, we do uh, I'll be back at iMedia again this year for the third year um, so we do some of that uh, we've done and we've done some projects kind of pro bono um, like free of charge yeah. um, that I don't know if we really publicly talk about them a whole lot but yeah. we, we've done some so um that those are kind of where i feel like i can help out by letting people you know pick my brain or talk to me right. as opposed to anything else i can do i can't do much else so <laughs> you might as well at least talk to me might be able to help you there um so that would be about it i think yeah so you mentioned that you spoke at media last year and yep. you're going to be speaking there this year mm -hmm. coming up again You've done some other speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite part of being a speaker? Um, um, I, I enjoy actually speaking and, and talking to people, you know, whether it be question and answers or afterwards and learning about their jobs or their um, their businesses and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, I, I like traveling around. I've, I've been able to travel around quite a bit speaking too. Um, so whether it be within Alberta or elsewhere, that's kind of neat. So you can, you know, sometimes I think we get stuck in our little bubble yeah. in our own little communities. And then you go and you speak somewhere, maybe even just a couple hours away. And their view on Twitter is far different than what our view on Twitter is in Edmonton, which is a Twitter hotbed. Yeah. So it's a little bit different there. And um, it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And, and um, between all of us here, we probably do... Uh, 40 or 50 events a year speaking wow. so quite a few that's yeah. cool and where are some of the cool places that speaking has taken <laughs> um, we've been fortunate to go to Yukon a few times yeah. uh, so I've been there three times now and most recently the last trip myself and Edward went mm -hmm. we got to go to not just a white horse where I've been in a few times we got to go up to Dawson City oh, cool. so way up there yeah. and speak up there which was really neat um, and then all through Alberta, like some of the small towns that maybe I've never really been to before, I have a chance to go to, I've got some stuff in Grand Prairie in January. I've never been to Grand Prairie before. Um, and so those are a lot of Alberta ones. Um, and then, you know, always open to going beyond that too. But Yukon was, Yukon's interesting. It's a lot of fun up there. The people are awesome. And you don't, you know, even for me coming from a tourism background, um, I don't know a lot. I didn't know a lot about Yukon. Right. So going there, it was like, oh, this is quite the place. That's really nice. So you suggest going there sometime, checking out? hundred percent. I suggest you go to Yukon. Awesome. So what advice would you have for someone who may be looking to become a speaker? Um, practice a lot. Yeah. I think it helps a lot if you really know what you're talking about. The second you have to use your slides as your whole guide, mm -hmm. you're in trouble. Uh, or like cue cards or notes. I know people suggest using cue cards and notes. Yeah. The more you know in your head, the more you can just go with it. 
Because, you know, I remember early on when I would have to use more cue cards and notes, one little thing that somebody's doing in the crowd can throw you right off. And all of a sudden you're stumbling and you look like an idiot. So, um, yeah, the, you know, if you know your stuff, yeah. honestly, like, yeah, I could just go without slides. Like, really, I, you know what you have to talk about. Yeah. You know the points you have to hit. So it's a lot of practice. I was fortunate in university to take a public speaking class. That helped me a lot. Um, but really what helped the most is just doing it. Just, you know, and early on for us, it was all free stuff. That's how we got our name out there. So I would go and speak. If you wanted me to speak somewhere, I'd probably be there to, yeah. to do it. So um, I would encourage people you know, to, to go out and do it because if you haven't done it, it's hard to build a bit of a portfolio. And if you ever want to speak at maybe a slightly larger event, if no one knows who you are, hmm, yeah. why would they hire you, right? Yeah. So. Perfect. So how do you, because you're doing this every day mm -hmm. and you're doing it all day, you probably never really get to rest mm -hmm. from it. How do you stay passionate about what you do? Uh, I think it's easy because I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and there's always something new. And sometimes I think too that when I'm organizing my schedule to do things, there are there's projects or, or tasks that I don't really enjoy doing. There maybe they're, I've done them a million times, and it's kind of I, I want to do something different. But I'll try to organize those in a way that maybe I've got to do a couple of these tasks. But hey, you know what? If I do these tonight when I'm sitting around at home, I'm gonna try this something kind of fun, different. Yeah. You know, experiment with something, and that keeps me interested in looking at new things because I think if you get stuck in the same rut doing the same thing over and over again you're just gonna I don't care how much you like it you yeah. probably can get bored yeah. so um, that that helps and, and just the changing world like I mean Facebook could do something crazy in January and all of a sudden it's like holy man like that changes everything and yeah, so exactly. it keeps it interesting in that regard too perfect so back on kind of what you do as an agency or individual, mm -hmm. um, how do you or would you handle a social media or online reputation crisis? Mm -hmm. Happens sometimes. Yeah. So um, I think the best thing to do is to look at the source of it. Oftentimes the source of those are misinformation. Right. So what kind of stuff do we need to do or do we need to say to get a handle on whatever's going on. Now, sometimes people just hate your business or hate a client or whatever, and there's only so much you can do. You yeah. can't change somebody's opinion. No, like, exactly. so, you know, do I, I, maybe I want them to contact me. Hey, can you give us a call? Can you drop me an email? I'd like to talk to you more about it. Yeah. Um, doing it quickly helps a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think the misinformation side of things is, is really what gets people, you know, if there is a problem, all it takes is one person to read something wrong and now all of a sudden that problem became a hundred times bigger because this person over here is commenting, oh, I saw one of my friend's friends said this and all of a sudden it looks way bigger than it really was. So um, stay on top of it and, and try to get ahead of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I've, I've said this a few times in presentations too that I think people in general have a certain level, like a BS meter at this point where um, like they don't take everything they, they're starting to take a little bit more thing, more things with a grain of salt or if yeah. if there's one bad restaurant review but then they also have a hundred good ones mm -hmm. most people are going to look at that and go you know what it's probably a good place like this one person whatever happened there happened um now i lose my faith in that idea of the bs meter a little bit when you see so much about the fake news right. driving elections and that kind of thing that's kind of like yeah. yeah well those people didn't take things with a grain of salt but yeah. um, <laughs> so but in general i think when i do see see those things 
there's probably more to the story. There might be a way that we can tell the rest of the story and connect with the person and mm-hmm. get the problem solved too. I find too, if you respond to somebody in a timely fashion, a lot of times they just go away. They right. don't. They don't want you to respond. They wanted to be able to sit there and badmouth whatever is happening. So. Perfect. That is some great advice. So just before we finish up here, is there anything else you would like to share that we maybe didn't talk about? So maybe some words of wisdom or some tips for people or businesses or anything like that? Mm-hmm. I would say, um, and this is something that we do a lot of here, what we do is very data-driven. Yeah. So, um, you know, most websites would have analytics. Right. Um, Basically, every social platform has some sort of analytics capabilities. And I don't think enough people, from small businesses right to very, very big ones, I don't think enough people pay attention to those. And if you actually pay attention to what people are doing on your website, what they're looking at, uh, what they like, what they don't like on a social channel, they're giving you a lot of answers. But if you don't look at it and don't pay attention to it, you can't respond to it. So I would say that data... You know, even I, I'll speak where I talk about doing social media in 20 minutes a day. And on one of those days for 10 minutes, look at some data. Look at your website analytics. Look at your Twitter analytics, whatever the case may be. You're going to find nuggets of information in there. And then it's like, okay, you saw it. Now do something with it. Right. And, and so I, I would say that, that not enough people pay attention to just data in general. Mm-hmm. And I think when people think of data or they hear data, they think, oh, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Look at very high-level web analytics. Like yeah. 90% of your competitors aren't doing that. Look for 10 minutes at the most visited page on your website. Mm-hmm. That's going to give you some insight into what kind of content to create or what you should be doing. So um, that would be my one recommendation um, is, is use that to form some sort of strategy. Perfect. Well, I'd like to take this time to thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks and for coming. Super excited to see what's going to happen um, for, social, for sorry, Strong Coffee in the next few years. I know you have some really cool projects coming out. Yeah, we do. And I'm looking forward to seeing you speak at iMedia in March. Oh, thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. So thank you for joining me this week. And thank you so much for listening to this interview. I can't wait to share the next one with you. So tune in next Tuesday when we have a new episode for you. Have a great week. And until then, stay social.